0: Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today's date is October 25th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Michael.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: <laughs> so, obviously, as, as you guys can tell that are watching this on YouTube, and if you're not watching it, you should be, we have changed spaces. We are no longer in the bedroom. We are back into a basement. So but everything comes full circle here on this show. Is that a, is that a demotion or a promotion? Uh, I guess it's just is, a lateral move. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's lateral. Lateral. Okay. <laughs> um, so that explains the inactivity for the past couple of weeks. Steve, um, I'm not sure if he's still at um bowling school or if he went up going to space camp yet. Um, he's going to one or the other. Um, so eventually he'll be back at some point.
1: Did he go up with William Shatner in Space Camp?
0: You know what? I forgot to ask him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so how about that? That's crazy, isn't it? The William Shatner thing. Ninety years old and up. And... <laughs> he said he said something when he came back down. He's like uh, staring at or staring down at the Earth. Like it brought a tear to his eye to see like what we're doing to the planet. And going up, the darkness. He felt he
2: was staring in, into death. <laughs> and then, it,
1: but then he wrote something on Twitter or, or Instagram. It was just one big long run-on sentence, and I didn't make any sense at all. So I think he had a little bit of oxygen deprivation while he yeah. was up there. Because if you read what he's, he wrote, it would, I, I don't know. I didn't read He's it. ninety, so he can write whatever he wants.
0: And plus he's William Shatner. He is he he has the gift of Gab, like yeah. he's that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um in the past few weeks, actually I think you might have been one of the last episodes we did before we took this two week break. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so you're like a regular now. Like oh, okay. like <laughs> I, I might as well take Steve's name off the placard on the wall. Um have you encountered anything new or interesting in the past however long?
1: Yes, I was just reading the other day about um Buddy Rich. Okay. Who is one of the greatest drummers of of all time.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: He influenced the I guess you would call the the first wave of modern drummers. Many consider him definitely in the top 10 of drummers of all time, even though it was he played back in the '50s. Um, he never knew how to read music.:
0: Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And he did all the big band stuff. He too. did all these
1: big band arrangements, and he did like, he did like West Side Story, he did uh, like a 10, 15-minute West Side Story medley, and he did all these different medleys for Big band, but he never didn't read music, read. so he just did it all by ear. Just telling people what to do and what parts to play. Yeah. And, and I was, like, amazing. I guess, you know, that shows how much of a genius he was. He was able to hear everything and oh, yeah. just play it.
0: Well, like, even today, like, with the caliber of musicians that are out there now, to watch his videos are still amazing. Yes. Like, he, yeah. he's undeniably one of the best of all time. I mean, you can't, you can't deny it. No. Like, no.
1: There, it, was Gene, there was Gene Krupa, and then there was Buddy Rich Mm -hmm. and then there was everybody else (laughs) came after that yeah there there was Krupa then there was Buddy Rich and then came everybody else and yeah yeah, it was that's
0: yeah and if anyone out there has not watched any videos on Buddy Rich I would highly suggest doing so
1: yeah yeah he does a he does a duel against Animal on the on the
0: oh on the Muppets or whatever (laughs) the the
1: Muppets he does (laughs) does a drummer's duel with didn't that end as a draw
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) Later to be recreated by uh, Dave Grohl. Yes. He did yes. that, I think, for the Muppets movie or something. They ended in a uh, draw as well. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, With Steve not around, I'm still in contact with him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Recently, he sent me over that this is some easy listening type music. I think you might really enjoy this, Michael. Um, The band's name is Blood Red Throne. The album is Union of Flesh and Machine. And the song that he sent me, and I actually went out and listened to the album based off of this, is called "Mary Whispers of Death. <laughs> <laughs> These are the kind of, kind of conversations that we have. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, for those fans of extreme metal, um, you won't be disappointed. I'm not going to say this is going to be like the like the like the uh, like the gatekeepers to get you into this type of music. <laughs> you have to have this acquired taste if you're gonna like this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was my new and interesting. Well, at least music wise. Um, on TV, they started uh, they started uh, playing or they just came out with that show Chucky on USA and Sci Fi. And um, I
1: watched the first episode.
0: I wasn't a giant fan. I'm not gonna lie.
1: No, I, I was. It was yeah of didn't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, it's and, and, just like it took away all of the, um, like it, it took the doll and made him a character. I mean, he's always been a character, but it's, at least in the movies, there was always some, like, is it him? Is it not him? You know, and it was just like out in the open within the first five minutes. Like, oh, okay, so we're doing this now. <laughs> but um,
1: when, when that original movie came out, that was scary.
0: Oh, I can imagine. It scared well, me. I remember watching it for the first time yeah. as a kid. <laughs> and I, I was in
1: my my 20s, and it was scary. It was scary. It's um, At that time, my daughter had a doll that talked, and it had batteries in it, and it scared me. <laughs> so I took the batteries out, yeah. and I put it in the closet, and it still kept talking. <laughs> I ran out of the room. <laughs> then I came back in and realized there were more batteries in the back of the head, oh, and that's, that's why funny. I was still talking. Here I thought it was, yeah, Chuck. It was really <laughs> Chucky talking. And that's a true story. Scared me. <laughs> I, hit it, I hit it. in the back of the closet, and it was still talking.
0: Well, I mean, I I can't sit here and talk too much shit. I was scared of Chucky until I was like sixteen. Yes. I thought he was real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the that first movie, it it stands the test of time. It's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Insanely good, and the the practical effects and it made that movie what it was. I mean, all the rest of them started getting like computer animated and stuff. It was but, a good
1: story too. It yeah. was it was you know, it a was, it was a good story.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. If you go into it not knowing anything about the series at all, you're convinced for the first half of the movie that the kid's actually the one killing people, and it's mm-hmm. just like like it made that psychological thriller. And then when that scene, uh, you know, when he comes to life actually happens, it's like oh my god, yeah, yeah. like yeah. nothing like that had ever been done before.
1: And plus. And, and with any movie,
0: it was a good cast.
1: Yeah, Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon is great, and he was great in that movie. And
0: Catherine Hicks, she was yep. great in it. Yeah. So it,
1: it was the cast again makes a good story even better.
0: Yep. <clears throat> well, check out Child's Play franchise. I guess that's another new and interesting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> On this day in music history.
0: On this day in music history, October twenty fifth, nineteen seventy six. Bruce Springsteen plays the Philadelphia Spectrum. It's a big deal because Bruce has said that he'd never play a large sports arena. Concerned about getting the sound right, he orders a two-hour sound check before the show. That is insane. Like nowadays, it's like thirty-minute sound check, and you don't even do it. It's always like the you know standard. the road crew. Yeah, standing <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he needed a two-hour sound check at the Spectrum because it was all. Horrible sounding play. (laughs) It just sounded so, it sounded so bad in there. We nicknamed it the Philadelphia rectum. The rectum? (laughs) Yeah, because it sounded so bad. It sounded, you just couldn't get a good sound in there. And no matter where you put the stage, they tried it in the round. They tried it half, uh, this end, this end. It was just a bad sounding room.
0: It really was. Now, that was the same spectrum that it was until they tore it down, right? Yeah. I saw Ozzy there. And, uh, well, I mean, at the time, like, I didn't know any better, but I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then when yeah. I go back and watch, like, videos from that show, like, on YouTube, it's not a god awful. Yeah.
1: It's the echoing. And, uh, yeah. I it's mean, such
0: a big, or what was such a big venue. Yes. At that time, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And technology technology has come such a long way. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean the best place back in the seventies, I don't want to get too far off on of a tangent, but the best place to see a <laughs> concert in the seventies was the tower. Okay. Cause it was an old movie theater, a big movie theater in upper Darby. And for those of you who aren't from around here listening to this, um, it was a, a hundred, 120 year old movie theater. Um, I mean, it didn't even have air conditioning. They used to drag giant blocks of ice upstairs to the roof with fans to keep people cool. (laughs) But um, the the acoustics in there were incredible. Anybody that came to Philadelphia, the first time they came, they would want to play the Tower. Okay. Genesis played there the first time. David Bowie played there. Hall & Oates wanted to play the Tower. And, in fact, David Bowie's first live album
0: was recorded there at the Tower because the sound was
1: so good there.
0: Well, I guess it also had something to do with all like, the sound dampeners in there, like the carpets, the, yes, the was, walls, it everything. Built, it was built for that. For acoustics. Yeah. That's yeah. cool.
1: But the Spectrum was just, you know. But then you got, as you got into the 80s and sound equipment got better, and um, by the time the Spectrum closed and the new place opened, it sounded better because the equipment was better and hmm. they had more technology. To get it to sound better, so that's why when you go to a concert at the Wells Fargo Center or whatever it's called now, um, uh, it, it sounds better. Yeah, because they have better equipment. It's a bigger place, so you think it would more echo more, but the technology and all everything they mm-hmm. have makes it sound
0: good. Well, it also makes sense for those guys to get there like a couple of days in advance and set up set up. Like, uh, what was it? Was it that Genesis when we were watching and the guys had the 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 sound equipment in the seats? like checking the sound levels or is yeah. that something else. Okay, yeah, it was that then.
1: Yeah, they plus with with um with technology the sound man can walk around the room and with his little iPad check okay, how's the mm-hmm. sound up here? How's the sound over here? And then when the room fills up, fills up, it sounds even different. Yeah. But it's just the technology's there to simulate.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing too cuz now with all the sound boards and everything and the plugins that are available, you could one click preset and mm-hmm. now it now it sounds fine. Yeah. I always thought that would be cool to get into that kind of thing. And
1: this back in the back in the seventies seventies like that, they just piled up as many speakers as they could. <laughs> <laughs> and got as many amps as they could and put I the heard, sound guy in the back of the room and just went with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I heard that's why um basically why Marshall came up with like the full stack idea it was because of Pete Townsend from The Who. Yeah. He actually wanted an eight by twelve cabinet Single mm-hmm. big cabinet, and um, they went out making it you know, two four by 12 cabinets, and um, pretty much just to push sound, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, there was no PAs like we have now, no, 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 no. there's no, de- there definitely wasn't any direct in no, there either,
1: no. <laughs> yeah. Boy, when the Beatles did their first tour in the, in the 60s, they they just had a bunch of those sure master columns and. You never heard them because of everybody screaming. Yeah. So you never heard, no, heard a note they played. <laughs> and it's, it's, techno- it's all technology.
0: That's funny. <laughs> okay, here we go.
1: 1977, Elton John appears on The Muppet Show where he performs Crocodile Rock, Goodbye Brick Road, and Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Elton is one of the inspirations for Dr. Teeth of the Muppets house band, the Electric Mayhem. Hmm. I remember watching that. That that episode.
0: Really? Yes. That's funny. They started well, having
1: all kinds of celebrities on.
0: Well, back then the Muppet Show wasn't a kids thing, right? It was like a it was like an adult it was, type it, it was, like variety show, right? It was both. Kids okay. could
1: watch it and adults would like to watch it too because they would have special guests. Yeah. So, every everybody was on the show singing.
0: Every every yeah, years. so it wasn't it wasn't like strictly like a kids show, no. like you know it, it came on later too, right? Yep, it came
1: yeah. on in the evening, probably like seven, eight o'clock or whatever. So and I yeah.
0: remember seeing videos of like Alice Cooper on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the Elton John one, the Buddy Rich one. I've I've seen a couple of them, and it's just like it's funny because stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. No. there is no shows like that no. on the current. No. You know, no. <laughs> no,
1: it was funny. I mean, it was it was a funny show watching these people watching these rock stars interact with um, puppets. puppets <laughs> and they had to tone it down a little because they were on prime time. Yeah. So it was, it's, yeah, but it came off good. That's funny. That's funny when they say Dr. Teeth. Uh, the Muppets. I thought he was more of, um, uh, I'm trying to think of who the person is. Um, Dr. John. I thought he was, I thought he was, Meant to be the, I thought that's Dr. Teeth was the, Dr. John was the inspiration for Dr. Teeth. Okay. That's, (laughs) that's, that's new for me.
0: Uh, Moving along here to 1993. Time Magazine puts Eddie Vedder on the cover with the headline, All the Rage. Both Vedder and Kurt Cobain refuse to speak with the magazine for the story, but they run it anyway in an attempt to explain why young people are listening to such angry music. See, I mean, well, this is where it's cool to get your perspective on this, because when I was when I listened to grunge for the first time, I never saw it as like angry music at all. It was just like, like, I mean, I guess by that point in time, it was just like normal. It was like normal to hear Nirvana on the radio. And like, I'd already listened to their songs a million times before I actually knew who they were. Is that how it was like perceived or is that how you perceive grunge back in the 90s? It was it, it was uh, like, I guess you would call it
1: another wave of anti-establishment music. Okay, you know anti uh, high school norms. You know the the athletes being the cool kids and mm-hmm. and, and society, only accepting a certain type of person. It was anti that. Yeah. So it was it was really angry music but it wasn't over the top angry music
0: yeah it was it was like a more commercialized like punk rock basically yeah with a melody
1: (laughs) and it and it it did it it did want to go against the establishment you know what was established at the time yeah and and that's what um, I think that's what grunge was all about oh
0: yeah 100% Mm -hmm. okay 1997
1: during a concert in Flint Michigan a lot of stuff happens in Flint, Michigan. Yeah, right. Johnny Cash tells the crowd he has Parkinson's disease after he falls over trying to pick up a guitar pick. The crowd thinks he's joking, but Cash's manager confirms it in a statement 2 days later. And Johnny Cash lived a long life and he, he and he was able to keep playing even though he had Parkinson's for a while.
0: Yeah. When did he die? He died in the early 2000s, didn't he? Let's look this up.
1: I know that he moved to um I want to say Jamaica. Okay. And that's where he spent the the the, the remainder of his life.
0: 2003. Okay. So he lived for another 6 years with Parkinson's. That's crazy. I mean, Johnny Cash, is another one of those He's another one of those, like, pivotal people or, uh, you know, pivotal uh, artists in this time period. He's, you know, he was like the, he was like the next Elvis. And he was able to, you know, keep, he was able to keep it, like, consistent until, you know, until like the late 80s, early 90s. He was extremely consistent the whole way through his career.
1: He brought country music more mainstream. Yeah. Because his music was, was not country and western. It was more, it was considered country and western, but it was more mainstream. Yeah. And people would, would listen to it.
0: I'm partial to the super group that he did with Chris Christopherson and Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings, the Highwaymen. Mm-hmm. I remember when I heard that for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like that, yeah. that's amazing.
2: That's <laughs> a great group of musicians. Oh, yeah. What's next? Okay. You're next.
0: No, you're next. Oh, yeah, I'm next. Duh. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here waiting for you. <laughs> um, next here, in the year 2000, SoundScan announces first week sales of 1.054 million album sales for Limp Bizkits, Chocolate Starfish, and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. It is the last rock studio album to sell a million copies in a week. I remember. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't remember because I wasn't alive then. But like, where that was nothing, like a million albums in a week. That was just like, like okay, Bon Jovi put out Slippery When Wet, million sales first week. <laughs> yeah,
1: pre-orders, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. It's just funny too. It, it's it's really funny that that album was the last one to sell that. I mean I, I I like Limp Bizkit and I like that album but um it's just funny that that they hold like I guess that they're the gatekeepers of this in a way.
1: Well after this is when it start when people would put songs out you know they would drop songs and have it one song at a time or mm-hmm. the album they would drop it all the time and then people would download it it was it was the change, I guess you call it changing of the guard from one medium to another. Yeah. And, and 2000s right about when it happened.
0: Yeah. That's just wild.
1: Yeah. I just, just always used to run to the music store to hold the first day an album came out to hold it in your hands and buy it. Yeah. Open it up and see what was on the inside and (laughs) the liner notes and the pictures and, and all that. And,
0: yeah, that's that's not a thing anymore. Nah.
1: <laughs> and it was so cool the way they designed the cover and I know who designed this cover and they said it's, and, I
0: mean I I think well the whole vinyl thing is starting to make a comeback now. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not to to the point of what it was, but you know, it's 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 now moved from like the like the indie hipster type thing to more, you know, more of a commercialized thing. I mean, they sell vinyls at Walmart now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm no, I'm no, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm no, regardless, I do the same shit. I go to Walmart, and buy my vinyl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exception. There we go. I'm no exception. I buy vinyl at Walmart because It's cheap. I mean, you could pick up I think I picked up uh Metallica's Injustice for All and Metallica's Black album for like twenty-five dollars, twenty-seven dollars. Like that's that's cheap. Yep. You know, if you and it's all one eighty gram, like it's gets good quality vinyl. But that I think that's that's definitely the turning point now, the to the fact that you can get it in these places. You go to Target and get vinyl. You're not buying it at Urban Outfitters anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah and I remember and not too long ago that was the place you had to go yeah stores like that to get it man.
0: and they only had like the indie hipster type stuff like you know it's cool to like David Bowie <laughs> yeah yeah
1: I mean I'm <clears throat> the first vinyl album I ever bought I do believe was Don't Shoot Me I'm Only the Piano Player from Mountain John
0: oh wow and, I think
1: that was 1972 and it was um, the first vinyl yeah and you went to We Three Records.
0: <laughs> Where was that at?
1: Uh, I was in a mall near me, like Dave Mall. <laughs> we Three was a big chain. Okay. Before Sam Goody and Bottom Up and all that kind of, yeah. There's they started getting. <laughs> it was the local record store had all the forty fives and all the albums and. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's funny. <clears throat> yeah.
2: Okay, two thousand six. Forbes declares that Kurt Cobain. Forbes declares
1: Kurt Cobain the top-earning dead celebrity, beating out Elvis Presley, John Lennon, Johnny Cash, George Harrison, Ray Charles, and
0: Bob Marley. Which is very surprising. I mean, yeah, it is surprising because Elvis has a very dedicated fan base and uh, Graceland... And all of the Elvis memorabilia that is sold at every corner, every corner convenience store. John Lennon with the Beatles stuff. Johnny Cash. I I can see Kurt Cobain beating out Johnny Cash, but it's surprising that he beats out John Lennon and George Harrison. Bob Marley. It surprises me too, because I mean you can't go ten feet down the boardwalk there in Wildwood without seeing someone with a pot leaf shirt with Bob Marley's face on it. I mean, unless well, he's not getting anything for it. Is
1: is is it a changeover of the generation? You know, like this is the people who were Elvis fans are are, are just are dying out. They're yeah. not Elvis fans. You know, Beatle fans are dying out who would want to buy something from John Lennon or 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 um, George Harrison, you know, um, Ray Charles. Even Bob Marley, I mean, he was the, the reggae king, but still they're looking at the newer stuff, stuff that they know that when they, was, when they were alive, when they were yeah. born, and that's kind of the turning over.
0: Yeah, I guess. It's just, yeah, I, yeah in a way that makes sense. And then it's just like, who's going to beat out Kurt Cobain? Is it going to be like, I don't know, Ed Sheeran?
1: Where's Michael Jackson?
0: Yeah, well, you would think Michael Jackson... Well, well, 2006, Michael Jackson wasn't dead yet. Okay, sorry. I think he died in like 2008 or something. I'll look this one up, too, while we're talking about this.
2: Yeah, when did he die? Was it... Michael Jackson. June 25th, 2009.
0: Nine, okay. So, yeah, Two thousand nine, he still had another three years Kirk Cobain had to hold on to the title. Actually, I wonder if Forbes has an updated list of this. Um Dead Celebrities. Forbes dead celebrities. Michael Jackson, number one. Okay, here we go. Highest paid dead celebrities of twenty twenty. Michael Jackson at forty eight million. Dr. Seuss at thirty three million. Charles Schultz at thirty two point five yeah,
2: Arnold yeah. Palmer, yeah Forbes dead, musicians
0: okay, Michael Jackson, then Elvis Presley,
2: yeah, I guess who are the top earning dead celebrities of all time, right, the highest.
0: Yeah, it's Michael fun. Jackson it's
2: Michael Jackson for for a long time. Yeah, it's gonna take a
0: very <laughs> long time. Because Michael Jackson's at what? Um well, let me go back to the initial list here. Michael Jackson's sixty million. Yeah, somebody. Sixty million, money. and then the next and the next step is um Dr. Seuss. With 33 million. So you got, you know, a good 27 million to even catch up to Michael Jackson and then pass him. Like that, that's a lot of money. (laughs) And Michael Jackson's still
1: still selling stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think he still owns the Beatles catalog too, or at least his estate does. Michael Jackson's estate will be doing very good for a very long time. So going back to. What you were talking about a couple seconds ago with the like the generational thing and everything moving forward and you know it's just like a reciprocating thing. I think it would be kind of fun to talk about like the different generations and artists that kind of defined those generations. Obviously, you would have a little bit more um you have a little bit more insight into this one than I would, but. I definitely have a list of um, ones that I feel like uh, ones that would uh, fit. So I'm guessing we'd probably go from like Baby Boomers to like Gen Z. Because I feel like that's like a a big enough gap. And I feel like we can hit a very pretty decent chunk of music within, within those people. You know what I mean? Or within those yeah. uh, groups. So who do you have starting out here with the Baby Boomers?
1: Well, each of these, you can kind of split up into like two parts because you're talking each one's about 20 years or a little under 20 years. So you're spanning decades, and once you start getting into the 50s, things started changing so fast. So when you're talking about baby boomers or the people born right before baby boomers started right after the war in 46 but people were born that were born during the war
2: um and the early baby boomers the the main turning point would be before the
1: war or or during the war you're still talking about Swing, you're still talking about Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And then all of a sudden along comes Elvis and changes everything.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And Elvis singing the blues and becoming the roots of rock and roll. Yeah. And he was the main linchpin that started turning everything. So he's one of the the largest influencer of all time of actually changing music.
0: Well, he took it to a, to a place too, where you talk about like Sinatra and you know, like the Rat Pack and stuff like that, like the whole big band thing. Yeah. And Elvis took it back to like a, or took it to a very stripped down, you know, that basically what essentially would become like the the standard for a band. Right. Guitar, like a four piece band. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's just kind of funny that it, Took for somebody like that to like kind of strip it down to bring music to, I mean, even besides of besides like the musical like uh influence that he would have, the fact of him like stripping that down, and you know, like you have like uh, you know, um, like Chuck Berry and mm-hmm. you know, like Muddy Waters and those kind of guys, and that's all very stripped down like bare bones type thing and like it's not this big huge flashy thing I mean obviously Elvis took that approach very later on but
1: <laughs> well he, he was again born and raised in the south the southern um, the black blues the, 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 the early roots of rock and roll mm-hmm. and um, he took that and made it popular yeah and made kind of started towards rock and roll yeah, uh, and um, I had some other people listed too uh, around him. Um, you said uh, Little Richard, oh yeah, Bo Diddley, Ray Charles. You said Muddy Waters, Jerry Lee Lewis, Fats Domino, Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, and then Miles Davis.
0: Hmm.
1: He's in another little category, or whatever, more jazz, but still, yeah, very uh, the influence of, of 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 that coming out front. But Elvis was the big one. He's the one that. Changed it, changed it
0: all. Yeah, and he's the one that's still on Forbes' list, too. <laughs>
1: and then from there, when you start getting into the baby boomers, um, of course, it becomes 64 and the Beatles when the Beatles hit America. And that, again, changed everything. Mm-hmm. So you had Elvis starting it, and then along came the Beatles, which took it to the next yeah. level of this rock and roll. I mean, they used to be... This, They were a skiffle band in England and they discovered this thing, rock and roll, by listening to American (laughs) blues. Yep. They got this idea, this rock and roll thing. And that's, so the that's where the Beatles got it. And so they they did it and then they brought it back over to America up to the next level. And so the Beatles were, so you can kind of say the Beatles in the baby boomers also that started with Elvis and then the main influence and then went to the Beatles, mm-hmm. and Daniels.
0: then you know, in there you'd have like the beginnings of like the Who, and Led Zeppelin, like the Yard or the Yardbirds, rather. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Cream. You have all that kind of stuff in the very beginning of that. The Doors, yeah, the Doors, uh, the
1: Kinks, and then uh, the Stones. Oh, don't forget the Stones. Oh yeah, and um, Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan being the the folk. You know the. Starting of the folk singer kind of thing, the Bob Dylan and the protests.
0: Yeah, the protests. Do you think that he would be um, like he he would be someone that you consider to be like a like an icon of that generation? Yep, yeah, that I know uh, he's like one of the bigger and more celebrated ones. Bob Dylan is, yes,
1: definitely. I mean, you have Simon and Garfunkel, but he's, Bob Dylan's like the the big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Bob Dylan, and um, and then also you know you still have the. The um the soul I have Aretha Franklin yeah started in the '60s. That's a woman you know her that whole thing with Motown and uh, yeah and that being such a, a influential person
0: yeah like Diana Ross and like all all that stuff. I mean it's kind of funny too because as we go later on in this list, Michael Jackson is going to get brought up multiple times. Yeah. But like even now, like in this particular time period with the Jackson Five. Like they were Starting starting, y- yep. Exactly.
1: Yep. And uh and the Beach Boys, of course, over here mm-hmm. in America. But the um the beach music, you know, the um I guess that you would call it.
0: Surf rock. Surf surf rock, yeah. yeah. Surf rock. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean the baby boomers had all that going. All the roots of all this stuff starting.
2: And um <clears throat> I mean the baby boomers they say go up to born in 64. That's the cut off point.
1: So again, the these baby boomers they would be they would actually be growing up kind of in the 70s since I'm a late baby boomer so then you start getting into the 70s. Mm-hmm. So the baby boomers all of a sudden cover like 3 decades. They cover the <laughs> the 50s, the, the 60s and also
2: the 70s where you know when you have Led Zeppelin, and um,
1: God, you start getting all the psychedelic bands like Pink Floyd. Oh yeah, um, and then you get the reggae thing with Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. I mean, Led Zeppelin was probably the most influential in the seventies as far as the band goes.
0: Well, you'd have Black Sabbath too, and Black Sabbath, right? Yeah, Black Black Sabbath. I think. Well, I mean, I've always considered like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath to be. Like, both to be equally influential. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like... Uh, like, Led Zeppelin was, like, the straight-A, like, perfect, like, son. And then you had <laughs> Black Sabbath, who was, like...
1: The bad boys.
0: Yeah, exactly. You had Black Sabbath, who was, like, the... You know, your your brother's... Or, like, your nephew that you just had to take in because he just wasn't working out at the school he was in. <laughs>
1: And then and then also um with the late baby boomers into the seventies, you had you had the start of the um glam rock hmm. or the single artists with the bands like David Bowie, Alice Cooper, um, Elton John, um that glam rock kind of thing. I guess you would call it glam yeah. rock or, or single people fronting bands and coming back to that again. Hmm. Um, And then again With the folk music You had Very influential Again With women was Joni Mitchell Yeah That whole Folk song um, So there's so many Different people You can talk about um, When you talk about Major influences I mean Stevie Wonder Was such a Huge influence um, Just being such An excellent musician That he was And being able to play All different kinds of music Mm Mm-hmm and anytime he came out with an album was just a huge hit, <laughs> and he was very influential in the music business. Oh yeah, for for, for black people to to be that popular.
0: Well, he he also surrounded himself with very good people, very yeah. good producers. You know, Quincy Jones, mm-hmm. and you know, just his whole team around him.
2: It makes a big difference. Oh yeah, and um, and again back. um you have
1: another somebody else who was very influential during the seventies, Marvin Gaye. Hmm. People don't realize what Marvin Gaye did. He brought that whole yeah. soulful R and B. Th- it just brought it. Yeah, he brought it <laughs> forward, and people still listen to Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. He still has this amazing influence, you know. Yeah. And he was in the seventies.
0: Well, I feel like the R&B thing always kind of gets like swallowed up because it yeah. wasn't such a, like not like a huge genre. Like it was there, but it was never like, pre- like predominant and out front ever because you always had, you know, like the Led Zeppelins and the Who and stuff like that, like out in the forefront.
1: And then, I mean, then you just start moving towards the, the late 70s. And we talk about Generation X, which is
2: the, which is known as the
1: MTV generation, because I mean, Generation X is um, 65 to 19, 1980. So they grew up yep when um, MTV started, I think it was 82. Yeah, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, MTV was 82. So they, they grew up only knowing like MTV as their source of music.
0: Yeah, and I, well, that's the thing too. I, it was instant 1981, August, August 1st,
1: 1981. So, music was right in front of you. You Just turn the TV on. Yeah. And each song came out with a new, uh, everybody came out with a song. They came out with a video to go along with it. Yep. So, it just, it changed it. It was instantly available. You didn't have to sit there and listen to the radio for, an hour waiting for your song to come back on. Yeah. It, it, you know, your song to be played again. It would play on a two-hour rotation or a four-hour rotation. And you didn't have the album or whatever. You wanted to hear a song again. You would have to sit there and wait for the radio to play it again. MTV would play it more often.
0: Yeah, because there know, was less videos. There was videos back then. And, and see, that's the thing, too. I mean, this is, where, this is where I tend to think this is, like, the best generation of music. I love 80s music. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, once again, Michael Jackson.
1: He was the king of pop. He was he made the 80s. Yeah. He took MTV, he took the video thing to another level. Yep. Everybody had to follow him. And all, the videos had to be well produced and
0: everything. And so he was the king of pop. And also, I feel like right now, too, with Generation X and the, the tail end of this, music started to get grittier again. Like, you have bands like, uh, well, obviously... But uh, we couldn't get through an episode without me mentioning Van Halen. Right. But then, you know, you had bands like Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses. Guns and Roses, right. You know, I mean, if there was ever an epitome for a like a you know, dirty type band, it would mm-hmm. be Guns N' Roses. And they kind of even went into the next um like the next generation as well. But, you know, You you started to get like like working in reverse now because you had these rock bands that were influenced by like the Stones and you know the Who and everything, like the Beatles influence is now kind of almost gone by this point. And they're pulling the influences from these old blues guys and now the music's starting to I feel like with the technology that was available, it was getting better, but it was also kind of regressing in like the whole giant stature. To eventually what would become grunge.
1: And Prince, again, I mean, you talk about Michael Jackson, but there's also Prince. Yeah. Who's a lot, it, had, it took for him to kind of, to die for people to start to realize, hey, this guy was a real genius. Yeah, he was. He played so many different instruments.
2: Such a great sound. And broke down barriers. Um. I mean, he was part
1: a big part of the '80s, also. Yeah, always had great videos, great stage show, great stage presence. Yep. And he could he could Purple Rain. I mean, <laughs> he, and he was just an amazing musician. Yeah,
0: incredible guitar player. People yeah. never talk about how no. good of a guitar player he was.
1: I mean, out there in the middle of the rain, playing at the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's out there pouring rain, playing, and people watching. My God. It's like, <laughs>
0: Wow! There was a video that I saw on YouTube not long ago of him playing bass on like one of like the newer songs that he did, and he sounds like like the most seasoned funk bass player you've ever heard in your life. He he's just one of those people. He's in like a totally different like yep. realm of musician. I mean, you know, like you have like guys like Dave Grohl and like uh, I don't know. I always feel like Dave Grohl and and. Um, and Prince are, like, in their own, like, realm mm-hmm. of, like, these multi-instrumentalists yeah. that are very good at everything they do.
1: Right. And um, there's another video of of of, of Prince. It, it was the George Harrison tribute concert. Okay. So George Harrison's son's up there playing. They're playing uh, uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And they're
2: at the end of the song, and he's up there with, Tom Petty, I want to see. Is it Eric Clapton? Um,
1: he's up there with the um, guy from ELO. I, I just just can't think of his name right now. The guitar player from ELO. These mega stars playing, you know, and everybody's taking turns taking the solo. All yeah. of a sudden, he comes out to get his solo. He comes, goes, goes up, stands on the speaker, and he wails away for like. Three or four minutes on the solo, and everybody else just stands back and lets him go. And he's just wailing, and it was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, Everybody's just let him go. I'm going to just, watch that. He's just, and he's like, you're like, wow, and he just keeps going and going, and you're like, it just keeps getting better and better. And then finally, he comes back onto the stage, and every, yeah. and the guys are all standing there looking at him, like, keep going. It's like, because it's, yeah. it's he was, it sounded so, it, it was, yeah. It, he just showed. <coughs> I mean, I guess they already knew, but they, how much, how great a musician he was. Oh, right yeah. Right now, he, he's he's one of those guys that when he took the stage, everybody watched. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's not that many musicians like that. that mm-hmm. When they take the stage, I mean, there's Elvis. Yeah. When he came on stage, everybody stopped what they were doing and watched Elvis. Same with Prince. Every time he came on the stage, you stopped and you watched. Yeah. It's like Michael Jackson. When he came on stage, you stopped what you're doing and you watched. Yeah, exactly. Like when he did his halftime show for the Super Bowl, which kind of changed halftime shows for the Super Bowl. And hit that from that point, there was pre-Michael Jackson and there was after Michael Jackson. What year that. was
0: that, Michael? Um, <clears throat> or around like what time?
1: Had to be m- mid-late 80s. Okay. Before that, it was marching bands. Yeah. You know, medleys, up with people, all this really stupid halftime shows. And all of a sudden, okay, we're going to have Michael Jackson. And then it just went, they've been trying to match it ever since and it's been very few people have been able to match michael his.
0: jackson super bowl halftime show took place on january 31st
1: 1993 oh that late okay yeah but I, but before that it was just halftime shows
0: time fillers yeah then after he did it <laughs> then it became a production it became
1: wow how are we going to everybody's been trying to outdo it ever since yeah right. for the last 20 years <laughs> And, and you can't. It's, it's, it's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Certain people are like that. Certain musicians. And mm-hmm. Prince was one of them. Yeah. Prince and, and Michael Jackson they were both one of those people. then when they came up on stage, you had to stop what you're doing and watch them. Because like, yeah. you didn't want to miss it. I
0: think Michael Jackson might be one of the most important artists of all time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> really.
0: It, it's,
1: it, he was the king of pop. Yeah. They called Elvis the king of rock and roll and... And Michael Jackson was the queen of pop. But then, but then we get into um,
2: Generation Y, which is 1981 to 1996
0: when... This is when things get all dark.
1: All of my children were born in that, in that range. <laughs> and that's when... <laughs> you know, you go from the the late '80s, which had that, that heavy metal comeback, yeah, with bands like Poison and the the glam, you know, the,
0: the bands, yeah, Big Hair, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And it got into the '90s, which started the whole grunge. Yep, Nirvana being the most yeah but, influ- influential band, and maybe again one of the most influential bands of all time. Yeah, it changed mean, music.
0: I'm I'm more partial to Pearl Jam and Alice and Chains over Nirvana, but I mean you you can't deny what Nirvana did, right? I mean it would I, I always think that it could have been any of those bands if it were had been the right time for them. Like I feel mm-hmm. like if it was, you know, like Alice and Chains put out you know facelift in ni- you know ninety two instead of Nevermind or whatever, right. like it would have been a different story, but. You can't deny what they did. They, and, the
1: same, and you're right. The same with Pearl Jam. They mm-hmm. did this, it, was, it was... And Smashing Pumpkins.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, you got Smashing Pumpkins. You got Stunt Hole Pilots. You have Soundgarden. Soundgarden was another huge mm-hmm. one. You know? And it's funny, too, because there are so many other bands from that era or that, you know, genre that no one ever really talks about. You know? You have, like... Like Green River, you have Tad, you have all these other bands that you know, Mad Season, no one ever really talks about them at all because everything gets overshadowed by Nirvana. I Radio, think that's where my distaste for Nirvana comes from.
1: Radiohead. Yep. Yeah. Beck.
2: Um, and then there was another, a, band <laughs> a band that always kind of, I don't know why, but
1: again, when you get into the 90s and the whole generation... I think it's Oasis. Oh yeah, I from some I don't. Every time I, I listen to a song by Oasis, I I it's just me. I just don't get it. Yeah, it, the, it, it, it's just the brothers bunch,
0: are douchebags. It, it just it,
1: to me it sounds like it's just a bunch of chords played together. Yeah. But the popularity can't be denied of Oasis. And yeah. And, well, I and think that it, was their it's one of those also. British things. Yeah, I guess it is.
0: You know, <laughs> I, I've never, I never caught the whole Oasis thing. <laughs> like I tried, I watched the documentary, yeah. I, I tried it. I, I can't, I can't get into them. I've yeah, never liked is, Oasis.
1: <laughs> I, I played a few of their songs. It's like, okay, all I'm doing is playing chords. I'm just playing chords. <laughs> and, just, and okay, I'm done. Okay. What happened? well also I
0: feel like with some of these bands you know with the exceptions like Pearl Jam and um you know uh Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and those bands but some of that music is extremely simple like music started getting very simple you know I mean you you go from you know the 80s where you have like it's like the era of the guitar hero and now it's like these songs don't have solos anymore and they're just stripped bare bone shells of what, uh, you know, what could have been a bigger song, but the garage band. Exactly.
1: Era. It was more about the message. It was more about the message than the music. Yeah. You know, in the eighties, it was a lot about the music. Yep. One, one band we forgot about the eighties. Um, you too.
0: Oh yeah. They were another one a worldwide
1: one. phenomenon, very influential around the entire world. Mm hmm. Um, their music uh, had uh, the the political message. Yeah, being where they were from, you know, all around the world, the political messages. They were. I, I, I forgot to mention them. They were very influential.
0: How could you ever forget? They only pushed their whole album on your iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's why you're an Android guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but back to the '90s and generation generation Y, and then.
2: You start to get into the popularity of hip hop. And um, first, you got
1: the Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. which I thought, again, unbelievably influ- influential. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's white guys. Yeah. And they're doing this stuff, and it's like, I hear a Beastie Boys song today, I go, this is really good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, this is good stuff. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, they, they were another, another one of those like right place, right time yeah. acts. I mean, they were a punk band before they decided to be a rap group.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but the, it, they again, the whole influence, they were very influential. Yeah. They brought it mainstream.
0: They influenced Eminem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. And I have an M M&M and M listed as in the next generation. Yeah. I, that's how I have listed there. Yeah. And, um, and then that started again, we're starting to, we're still in generation Y, but we're starting to go into generation Z, which started, people were born in 1997 and up to 2012, that whole, um, 15 years or so. That's when that M and M, um, I would say, well, you got Green Day, Lincoln Park, but then you have Beyonce and Jay Z, that whole
0: Yeah. Well, you started to see a real shift in like music where it has totally went away from rock bands at this point, yeah. And mm-hmm. the ones that are still kind of hanging on there are the ones that have already had these legacy type careers like, you know, Metallica, uh. like bands like that, you know, um, you, you had like Rage Against the Machine around that time period or, you know, before then, like you had the whole new metal thing like Limp Biscuit and Corn and that stuff. But that was also, you know, or and like the Deftones and stuff like that. But that was also it was becoming this like very like urban type of music. Yeah. And, yep. you know, it 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 was kind of it was the music for the time. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I do like new metal. I that there's yeah. a place for it in history, but it's very like dated type music. Hip hop, however, that 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 shit lasts forever. <laughs> there's no getting rid of hip hop.
1: Um, with some other influential artists, um, there was one that I found influential, which was which was um, Amy Winehouse. I found her influential. Oh yeah. Again, as far as a woman come in with rock and roll and that whole thing, mm-hmm. um, her style, um, the bad girl's um, style and that thing, that I, I think that was very influential.
0: Well, you had, you know, like uh, like Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and like all those other girls and their women artists. And then you had Amy Winehouse come out and it was like, like I go back to the whole like gritty yeah. Like bare bones stripped down no frills thing, and that was Amy Winehouse, and that's Mm -hmm. what made her so great.
1: Right. And then and then we got another band. God, the eighties was a great decade. Another band I forgot from the eighties was the police. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was again, influence. They influenced that whole reggae.
0: I wonder if you can even like pass off the uh, off the police and just say Sting as a whole. Yeah, yeah,
1: the, right. That style, that the singing, the yeah, the drums, the sparseness. I guess you call it sparseness of the music being a three piece. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I'm talking about early the police. I mean, later on they got more commercial. Yeah, started layering keyboards in and became, but in the beginning it was just so sparse and so
0: I've always had a thing for trios I've always had a thing for power trios and
1: you listen to the early police stuff from from Roxanne to uh, Message in a Bottle and the stuff it's like there's there's a lot there but there really isn't yeah but yet it's musical and and it's and it's and it was very influential to a lot of bands that kind of reggae sound I mean to to, um, a lot of bands picked up that sound yeah um even um, local bands around here, the Hooters. Yeah. Who were were based in Philadelphia, that's they were originally uh like that, that kind of reggae type, rock reggae type sound. Okay. Um in the eighties. Um, in the mid eighties, and they were influenced by the police. And so I mean was the eighties, but I just keep thinking of things from the eighties. <laughs>
0: See, yeah. it just goes to show you, the 80s yeah. was a, a magical time period.
1: But then now, I mean, back to where we are now. Um, generation Y, Generation Z, when you're talking about now, today's music, I mean, you have people that are, Adele has become so influential.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, she's another one of those artists that, well, she's, in my opinion, I think she's one of the last ones with true raw talent. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she she just has it. Like she is that artist. She yeah. has the abilities to be able to sing and sing very, very well. And yeah, I mean it she's definitely she's definitely uh you know, as popular as she should be. Like I'm not gonna be like, oh, yeah. she's underrated, but <laughs> she she definitely isn't as thought of as a good vocalist. You know, you know what I mean. Like the she's like the pop artist, but it's like she's an incredibly good vocalist.
1: Yep. I mean, and you get into the the, the younger generation. I mean, you you have those other people that they look at, uh, Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga, and now the big ones, you know, with Ed Sheeran and um, all of these these newer younger uh, musicians. Even Justin Bieber. Yeah. Had this. Very influential, mm-hmm. being the young kid and doing, doing again the grittier side. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know um,
2: on on all the boy bands, of course. Um, but getting back to more single people, yeah, and away from bands.
0: Yep,
1: yeah, you know, Drake, uh, Rihanna. Yeah, she was big in the 2000s and um post malone all these people yeah. you know there's single artists now with with god knows who behind them <laughs> a track playing behind them with five guys pretending to play instruments and whatever.
0: Well, it's kind of funny because um post malone's um producer uh Andrew Watt produced the newest Ozzy Osbourne album and had a revolving cast of musicians on this album. So it's almost like they're trying to take Ozzy from what he was and turn him into like this new like Gen Gen Z Zoomer like kind of fucking guy. And only because he had Post Post Malone had him on a song for like 15 seconds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now who did Elton John do a song with that was all the rage?
0: Elton John did a song with You see it on
2: the on the commercial on TV now.
0: I know he did I don't know.
2: Let me look this up. I know who it is, I just can't think of it. Popular Elton John.
0: Dua Lipa hit number one on Dance Electronic Songs Chart cold heart
1: it's, it's a is it Na, Nas? n-a-n-a-s is that the guy's name
0: oh nas nas yes yeah the rapper
1: yes they did a
2: song together let's see and oh, little nas
0: x one of me that's yeah. the song
2: yeah and, it, and it's a big hit
0: <laughs> i'm gonna have to check that out after the show I think that's something? It's kind of funny. They have these like older artists that yeah. they're bringing in or bringing back into light, but into today's mainstream. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think these guys know who they're fucking around with. Like this is Elton John you're talking about. Yeah. It's like when Kanye West had Paul McCartney on a song. Yes. yes. It was like,
1: <laughs> and Lady Gaga did the tour with,
2: um, Oh God, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of his name.
0: Let me look this up. I love having this TV here now.
1: Yeah. Lady, <laughs> Lady Gaga just did a tour with,
2: and he just retired.
0: Lady Gaga. Toured with, what year was it, 2019? or? And, and re- had?
1: Um,
2: I know who it is, but I just can't think of his name. Lady Gaga tour 2019. Tony Bennett. Tony, Tony Bennett. Bennett. Tony Bennett's in his nineties, and he's singing
1: <laughs> on stage with Lady Gaga, and people are loving it. Yeah, he's going around touring, and um, the poor the poor guy. He can't. He has to retire now because his his dementia is getting so bad that. You know,
0: it, actually it I did read that somewhere that like uh he came out on stage or something, or she went out on stage and he recognized her and it was like like a heart wrenching type moment that like he yeah. actually remembered who she was. Yeah. He's ninety five, by the way. Yeah,
1: he's and he's still out there singing and it's just wow.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and he
1: finally they finally told him that he has to stop. And um <clears throat> he doesn't he doesn't he hardly recognizes anybody anymore. But he's still out there singing on stage. And it's like, whoa. So yeah, that, that yeah, like you're saying, the old the established older star singing with the new. I don't know, is it's I guess it's good for both of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have those diehard fans of these older artists, and it's kind of like, okay, well, if they think that you know they're all right, then I guess I I'll think that they're all right too.
1: It's giving both of them credibility, it's giving the yep. older star credibility with the young crowd. And it's giving the newer artists credibility with the older crowd. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's kind of becoming the thing now.
0: I just read here a couple weeks ago, Tony Bennett earns a Guinness World Record for his latest album with Lady Gaga. It says uh, the performer released Love for Sale on October 1st at age 95 and 60 days. The release makes him the oldest person to release an album of new, uh, new material. The album sees two multi-generational friends sing duets uh, celebrating the music of Cole Porter. Yeah. So, yeah, he, um, he got a uh, Guinness World Record for the oldest person to release an album of new material. That's pretty cool. That, that's definitely cool. So, I guess to kind of wrap this topic up, Michael, do you have a particular generation of music that you like above the rest? I'm
2: a '70s. Guy. Yeah, I'm a '70s.
1: I think that's when rock and roll got got real. Yeah, with um, with uh, me being liking progressive rock, of, of course, being my favorite. You know, with Yes and Genesis and Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Yeah, and um, uh, Pink Floyd, all, all the the um, the big progressive bands at that time in the early '70s, and then you have um, the Led Zeppelin, uh, you yeah, David Bowie, who's another one of my favorites. All these things came out in the 70s. All the music in the 70s was like rock and roll. Yeah. You know, it's just <laughs> nothing too much. I mean, progressive rock was, of course, complicated. But I mean, the regular rock and roll is just ACDC. It's just, you know. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> ZZ Top, here it is. And yeah that's why the seventies has always been my favorite
0: i um I'm gonna have to go the next decade up um if this guitar isn't proof of it or the various shirts that I own or the bands that I constantly talk about the eighties is absolutely one hundred percent my favorite generation of music um I feel like the 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 technicality of the musicians got like. A, like insane to crazy mm-hmm. levels. I mean, even besides like the Eddie Van Halen thing, you have guitar players like red beach from, you know, winger, like incredible guitar player. No one ever talks about. You have Jakey Lee, Randy Rhodes, like any of the Aussie guys. Like it's, uh, it's just, you know, it was the time for the guitar hero. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, seventies was a lot of the band, the bands. Yeah. You know, the band era. <clears throat>
0: Yeah. I mean But
1: they had the even though you had the bands, you had the people in the bands well each person well known. I mean you had Aerosmith but you know who the who all the people in Aerosmith were. You had Zeppelin, but you knew who all the people in Zeppelin were. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so it was it
1: was both, but you had but they were a band. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so Well, that was when like a band was a cohesive unit and it wasn't like, you know, like Adam Levine with Maroon 5 and it's just like okay well I only know Adam Levine like you knew John Paul Jones you yeah. knew you know Jimmy Page you knew Robert Plant you knew John Bonham Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah um, what do you think what's your favorite generation of music are we totally off on this one <laughs> I mean that the the these were all facts so there's really nothing we could be off about but if you disagree with anything we said, you can find us on our social media accounts: Facebook dot com slash ratm podcast, Instagram and Twitter at ratm podcast, and of course, you can find us on YouTube. YouTube search "Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast." Or if those aren't enough characters that you know you want to convey your message, or comment section isn't big enough, you can find us uh, ratm podcast at gmail dot com. But let's move into our suggestions for this week. Do you want to go first for this one, Michael?
1: Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going way off the board for this one.
2: <laughs> um, jazz, jazz Fusion. Okay. It's always been a um, secret love of mine um, from a big fan of Dixie Dregs. Um,
1: but I'm going, and all those jazz fusion bands, all those different musicians that would play together, and form all these different bands. Um, but there's one album that I that I bought back in the um, mid '80s, a CD back then. Um, it was Chick Corea, Chick Corea's electric band. I think they made four albums together, but their first album. Um, he's had John Petter. Petitucci on bass, Frank Gambali on guitar, Dave Weckl on drums, and him. Oh, wow. It was a four-piece. And these guys are just, um, you just listen you go, and your, your jaw drops when you listen to these guys. And there's, it's just one of those amazing albums when the four guys get together who are just yeah. virtuosos and they play together and your head's spinning. And there was one, one song in there called Gotta Match. Like you're asking somebody for a match. Got a match. Oh, okay. And um, and you listen to it and you're going, my God. <laughs> it makes you want to quit being a musician because <laughs> these guys these guys are so good. But it's just one of the things that Chick Corea di- did. Um, I mean, unfortunately, he died this year, earlier this year. Not of COVID. Um, it was, uh, I think it was, I think it was a brain tumor or cancer. I'm not 100% sure. But, um, and he was always one of my favorite jazz fusion players and uh, keyboard players. So that's, it's called, it's just, it's called the electric band. It was the first one that they, they made together. And there's some incredible music on there. If you, if you're like jazz fusion, that genre at all, this one is, it's, it's, um, it's well worth to listen to hear these four guys playing together.
0: That's Awesome. I just did a quick little search up. Uh, it says he died of a rare form of cancer, which had recently mm-hmm. been only recent, which had been only recently diagnosed uh, February 9th, 2021 at the age of 79.
1: That's and he, crazy. And he was still playing right up until the, they, yeah. found, they found that out. Yeah. He was still playing.
0: That's wild.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he had his big band was Return to forever. Shikori and returned to forever, but this is one of his little side
0: projects that he did and uh it was really incredible that's awesome my suggestion for the beautiful listeners this week is to check out the 2006 album from the Australian metalcore band I killed the prom queen <laughs> uh this, uh the album is called music for the recently deceased the song is called say goodbye this had to get picked because I remember being in high school or in middle school when this came out and I thought this was like the heaviest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and then now going back and, you know, re rediscovering this kind of music. It's uh it was very evident that I didn't know anything, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I killed the prom queen, say goodbye music for the recently deceased. Go check it out.
1: Is that like the the Beetlejuice handbook for the recently deceased? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah the, this is to go and this is to coincide with the book. You're sp- you know, like how, how you would watch uh the Wizard of Oz and listen to Dark Side at the same time and it would yes. match up. Yeah. The the album does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, this is another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast for the books. Um once again, you can find us on our social medias, Facebook.com slash R E T M podcast. Instagram and Twitter at RETM Podcast and YouTube search Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast because we haven't received the subscriber account enough to be able to uh, get a custom URL. But, you know, help us boost those numbers up. Like, share, subscribe. Um, you can get us at our email, at gmail.com. But until then, this is another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast for the books. As always, I'm Bill.
1: I am Michael. Thanks for having me again.
0: (laughs) Not a problem.
1: I'm going to go take a nap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have a good night, everyone. Thank you for listening.